Welcome to the Real Life Podcast. Today you will hear a word which purpose is to introduce the kingdom, change generations, and create a Christian culture. So grab your Bible and prepare to be blessed by today's sermon. chapter 16 and verse 7, the same verse that Elder Smith read a moment ago, and he read, but the Lord said to Samuel, do not look at his appearance or at his physical stature, because I have refused him. For the Lord does not see as man sees. For man looks at the outward appearance, but the Lord looks at the heart. So that's really, that's a transparent scripture. It doesn't really need a lot of explanation. It just says that man and God tend to look at men differently. That men tend to look at men's outward appearance, and rightfully so because it is as deep as they're able to see. But God is able to look beyond the surface and see what's really in a man. We even make the mistake of not just looking at other people based on what we see, but we make the mistake of looking at ourselves based on what we see. We look at ourselves based on what we've done, be it good or bad, whether we've succeeded or whether we failed, whether life is good or whether life is tough right now. We don't even see ourselves in the way that God sees us. But I turn to verse 13 in the same chapter, 16, and I see something happen. As you know, God is looking to anoint a new king, and Samuel has been sent to do so. Samuel assumes that the first son, who looks like a king, is the one that he is to anoint. But God lets him know, you are seeing the surface of the man. He is not the one I've chosen. I've looked deeper into him, and I've seen his heart. And his heart was revealed when David went that day to the battlefront to deliver the lunch his father Jesse sent him with. And the way he treated David with disrespect, no honor, it revealed the man that he really was. So even though he looked like a king, God saw his heart and saw that he wasn't. Now, verse 13 says, Then Samuel took the horn of oil and anointed him in the midst of his brothers, and the Spirit of the Lord came upon David from that day forward. So Samuel arose and went to Ramah. So there must have been something God saw in David that was beneath the surface because nobody else saw it. Nobody else saw what God saw. In fact, they... It was so evident that he didn't see it that nobody even thought to go and get David and bring him to the anointing service. And some of you in this room have felt that way yourselves. You felt that everybody's at the anointing service but me. I want to help you today to be free and to know that people just can't see you. They can't see you because they see you. So I want to take you to Mark chapter 2. That was the build up. That was the, Pastor Leslie says, that's what you call a hook. I'm learning, I'm really learning to teach. I'm, and she calls that a hook. And she said, that's, 
to really to get our interest to a place where we can really learn. And I'm finding that that needs to be done. Mike Nern did a great job with that, Ed and Elder Smith. I heard about what you did and hooks to get people to want to learn, to hear. Elder Johnson had a boat and all kind of stuff. Y'all are, y'all are good. But starting at verse 13, um, it says, Then he went out again by the sea. Now, I'm talking about Jesus. And the multitude came to him, and he taught them. And as, as he passed by the sea, he saw Levi, the son of Alphaeus, sitting at the tax office. And he said to him, follow me. Okay, so now here's the situation. Uh, Levi sitting at the tax office. Jesus walks by, and he says to him, follow me. So he arose and followed him. Now it happened as he was dining in Levi's house that many tax collectors and sinners also sat together with Jesus and his disciples, for there were many, and they followed him. And when the scribes and Pharisees saw him eating with the tax collectors and sinners, they said to the disciples, how is it that he eats with and drinks um, with tax collectors and sinners? When Jesus heard it, he said to them, now listen to what Jesus says now. Those who are well have no need of a physician. You hear him now. You hear him? Uh, but those who are sick. I did not come to call the righteous, but sinners to repentance. Thank you, Lord. For that, in Jesus' name, <laughs> amen. I want to speak today from the topic, thank you for seeing beyond my sickness. Thank you for seeing beyond my sickness. Because that's all people can see, you know. All people can see is what they think is wrong with me. And when I say me, I mean us, you know. People can only see our exterior. That's all. That's all they have to work with. So people think that's who we really are. What they don't recognize, Jay, is that there's so much more to us than is on the surface. And sometimes we make the mistake, minister, of looking at ourselves and looking at our history and where we came from and who our people are and the mistakes that we made and the choices. And and sometimes we look at us wrong. And God might be wanting to use us for great things. He might have stirred something up in our spirit and said, I want to use you for something great. You're going to be the first one from your family to ever do this thing, that thing, or the other thing. And we'll look at ourselves and disqualify ourselves because we can't see deep enough. All we can see is our surface. What I'm thanking God for is that God is not paying us any attention. He's not swayed at all in his decision-making process by our long list of what's wrong with us. He says, I'm going to look past all that stuff that I already know, and I choose you. Kind of like that about him. (laughs) He amazes me. He comes by this, this... tax office and he sees Levi sitting there Okay, so Levi's at the tax office collecting taxes when Jesus passes by clay and Jesus says come follow me so it's not like he was on a break and he was at another place getting lunch or 
He was fishing, and, and Jesus didn't know who he was. The fact that he was sitting at the tax office where he worked at, collecting taxes all the time, means Jesus knew exactly who he was and what he did. Y'all, come on now. So it, it wasn't like, you know, he had fooled Jesus somehow. He knew exactly who Levi was. He knew exactly what Levi did for a, a living. He knew that when he went over to that table and said, follow me. Now, all of this happens after Jesus um, heals the man who was, um, you know, the man, uh, Jesus said, uh, your sins are forgiven. And the, and the Pharisees said, how can you forgive sins? Only God can do that. And he says, what's easier for me to say your sins are forgiven? Arise up, take up your bed and walk. But so that you know that I'm the son of God, get up. <laughs> and the man rises, takes his bed and walk. And then they said, we've never seen anything like that in our whole life. It's after that that Jesus leaves that house and he's going and a whole group of people are following him and he's teaching them. It's not enough room in the house because you remember the room, the house so packed they couldn't get the man in the door. So, so, so he's walking on the beach. He loved the beach and just talking and teaching as he walks. And he's passing Matthew and in the middle of teaching people, he's, he looks over at Matthew. He's teaching now, but he looks over at Matthew. He says, come follow me. But he's at the tax table. He, let me talk about the tax table. He's a tax collector, okay? Considered by the Jews, and all of that should be up on the screen if they're, if they're working it. I don't know. If something goes wrong, don't worry about it. I got it right here. He's a tax collector considered by the Jews to be a traitor and an extortioner. He's a traitor because he works for the Roman government. And the Jews are currently under the oppression of the Roman government, you see. So he's a traitor because he's a Jew working for the Romans. He's an extortioner because tax collectors would bid for the right to collect taxes in certain areas. And the person with the highest bid, who would bring Rome the most money, would win. So Rome didn't care what they did in order to get the money. They just wanted the money. So the tax collector could raise the amount of your taxes so that when he paid Rome, he could pocket a little something. There was one man, I think his name was Sabinius, Sabinus, um, they, he, they said he was the only honest tax collector anybody at that time knew. And when they buried him, they put on his burial spot, here lies an honest publican. It was so rare for them to be honest that they had to notate it. So chances are Levi was an extortioner, you see. A thief, if you will. Charging people more than he was supposed to. In order to get some money. Because once he paid Rome, they didn't care what he did. <laughs> In fact, a man named Lane said, when a Jew entered the customs service, he was regarded as an outcast from society. He was disqualified as a judge or as a witness in court sessions. He was excommunicated from the synagogue. And in the eyes of the community, his disgrace extended to his family. So 
Levi was seen as so low down, dirty, and sinful, he couldn't even go to church. And people looked down on his family. Oh, God. Because of what he did for a living. (laughs) Jesus. But Jesus, (laughs) with all of this information, still asked Levi, follow me. It's not like Jesus didn't know any of that. How can you call somebody that they won't even let come to church to follow you, Jesus? And you knew that before you called him. But you called him anyway. He didn't consult with anyone on earth about his choice either. You don't see him apostle in the text asking Peter, James, or John what they thought. He didn't ask anybody, hey, do you know this guy over here? Do you think that I should choose him? When it hit him, when, 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 when the Spirit of God in him revealed to him that that was the man, he didn't ask anybody. He just said, come and follow me. Yeah. He didn't consult the disciples. He didn't consult the Pharisees, not the scribes, not the Sadducees. No one on earth had a say in who he chose. And he still works that way today. A lot of people might have a problem with the fact that you call to do what you do. Because they know you. <laughs> Y'all know it. Come on now. Come on. You mean you going to be a preacher? You going to be a deacon? You got to be kidding me. Uh, I went and I tapped four gentlemen, four gentlemen to become five, to become deacons in our church. And every last one of them looked at me. As though I had the wrong guy. <laughs> I ain't lying. Am I lying? Am I lying? They all looked at me like, you got the wrong dude. It's because it's we've heard so much about what people had to say about us. That we have allowed what they have had to say about us. The impact how we feel about our own selves. Oh, there it is. Go to the next one. Go to the next one. I want everybody to be with me. Next one, yeah. Now, go ahead, next one. There we go. Now, now Levi, now, now here's what makes this amazing. You with me? I wanted y'all to be able to follow me, okay? Levi would now be ministering to many of the people he once collected taxes, um, collected taxes from. Can you imagine that? Can you imagine him walking up to somebody that he had ripped off? 
and said, come and follow Jesus. Jesus is the way. He'll save you from your sins. I mean, it's not like he chose somebody nobody knew. Everybody knew. Here's Levi, the tax collector. So now Levi's got to go (laughs) and share Jesus to the same people he once ripped off. Some of y'all know how Levi must have felt. Levi would be ministering to many of the people he collected taxes with. I feel a teaching anointing. So you think about when you got saved, the Lord was telling you to tell brothers you smoked with about the saving power of Jesus Christ. And you were saying to yourself, but they're not going to believe me because they know me. But, but what he's trying to get you to know is not they don't really know you. Because you don't fully know you yet. But every day with me, I'm going to reveal to you who you are. And as who you really are begins to come up out of you, Lamar, they're going to see it too. So don't let people... Reminding you where you came from. (laughs) Mess you up. (laughs) Don't let your family members who still want to do what they're doing make you feel bad about where you came from. Just remember that's where you came from. You're no longer there. Just smile at them and say, yeah, you know what, you're right. Yes, I did used to drink out of the red cup with you. Yes, we did go there. Yes, we did do that. Yes, that was me. I ain't going to lie about it, but I come to tell you that since I met Jesus, he changed my life, and that is no longer who I am. I am changed by the power of God. Want to hear a song about it? Here it goes. I'm changed. Praise the Lord. I'm changed. From the top of my head to the crown of my From the top of my head to the sole of my feet. I'm different now. Because back in the day, you know what I would have said to you. You would have said that to me. Levi could have been ministering with some of the people. He collected taxes from. So now, James, John, Peter, and everybody else has got to make some adjustments. Because this known tax collector is not one of them. I mean, you know how people can be. Once once they feel like they got a position. Oh, come on, talk to me. Talk to me. No, see, we one of the original disciples. I don't know what Jesus think he doing calling that joker there to come and be one of us because he don't even qualify, oh, low down, good for nothing, dirty, snake in the grass, publican. How in the world are you going to be one of us when you ripped us off? And no, you forgetting, brother, that he didn't ask nobody before he called you. 
Because if he had taken a poll from some people, Peter, James, and John, you probably wouldn't have gotten the job. Ain't that the truth, Sam? <laughs> I mean, we all need to thank God right now that, that he didn't ask anybody before he decided to save us. And this man who was considered by many of his day to be the lowest of sinners, listen now, gave up a lucrative business without a fuss to follow Jesus. Now you think that Peter, James, and John giving up the fish was something. See, here's the thing about that. We made a big deal about Peter, James, and John giving up the fish business because they caught that big load of fish. But see, that had only happened at one time. Jesus made that happen. Levi's money was steady. Y'all ain't <laughs> No, no, no. Levi's money was steady. It was coming all the time. Every day, every day of the week when he got to his office, he knew he was going to get paid big time. Yet without a fuss, without a fuss without a complaint without an extra word without asking how am I going to support my family what am I going to do to make money he leaves everything and follows Jesus how many Christians can you get to do that how many Christians can you get to let it all go to follow Jesus and yet this low down good for nothing snake in the grass sinner a publican a thief and a traitor gives it all up to go behind Jesus oh I need you to I need you to stay in touch I need everybody in this room to stay in touch with how you felt when he called you because you gave a lot up to go after him don't get so blessed that you can't let it go to go after Jesus. Yeah, we've gotten settled in our blessing. And now to let some money go is just too much. But when we first got saved, I don't care nothing about this job. I'm going to pray. Tell me, I can't pray for my food. Get Put your sandwich and put it in front of everybody. Father, thank you for this sandwich. And dare somebody to say something. I wish you would tell me I can't pray. I plead the blood of Jesus over your life. Remember how radical we were? Remember how radical we are? Now we just like, well, they say I can't pray. Because, you know, I need this job. That wasn't in the notes, as you can see. But anyway... That's where he led me. So where Jesus leads me, I will follow. <laughs> anyway, anyway. So in the words of Luke, now this is how Luke said it. New Living Translation, though. So Levi got up, left everything, and followed him. I like that way of looking at it because Jesus says, follow me. So first he got up. Now when you get up, you got a chance to think about this thing. 
You got a chance to say now, nah, all right, am I, am I really going to do this? <laughs> you know what I'm saying? One or another. All right, now, he, get up. Now, now, now you're walking away from the table now. You look. Oh, that mercy, huh? Right, brother? It's a, there's a lot of opportunity to go back to that table, but he, he, he. And here's the thing. It's obvious to me that Jesus never stopped walking. See, he's teaching and walking, and the people are hearing, and he sees him and says, come on, follow me, and he just, so in, in order for Matthew to follow him, he got to be going somewhere. Le- Levi, excuse me. So he gets up and he follows, Le- left everything, left everything. A lot of people would have said he was crazy. <laughs> now, he goes to Levi's house. And our text that we read in Mark says he's in the house eating with Levi and a bunch of publicans and sinners. Because that's, that's just how they saw publicans. So they didn't say <laughs> just public, publicans and sinners. And Jesus is in the whole mix with all them sinners. So the Pharisees come up. And they go to Jesus' disciples, because they're in the house, too. Peter, James, and John, they're like, hey, man, if Jesus is okay with these guys, we're okay with these guys. So they're in the house, too, eating. And I can imagine they got a little plate. And, they just, and the Pharisees come, and they're like, hey, man, how come your master up in here eating with all these sinners? I thought he was righteous, man. So now, now Luke, Luke's a doctor. Luke is more specific about what happened. Luke said Levi prepared a feast for Jesus. So he's so happy about being called. Because you know what I mean? You got you to gotta think. Nobody, nobody was asking this dude to be with them. So he finally found a place where he belonged. And he's so happy about it. He said, come on, Jesus, I'm cooking a celebration dinner. It's a twofold meal. One, I'm going with you. Two, I'm leaving these jokers. This is a dual meal. One says, I'm with you now. One says, I'm no longer that. So all of his buddies, you know, he's like, hey, man, come on to the house. Can you see him walking to his house? Come on, man. I'm about to cook. But Jesus, I'm with Jesus now. I'm one of them. And so all his buddies went right on with him. And one commentator said this. <laughs> Mike, you're going to love this. One commentator said they wouldn't follow Jesus' teaching, but they would follow him to criticize him. The Pharisees, you know. Would never follow his teaching, but they would follow him so they could say something. So here they show up at the house, as Pharisees do. I'm trying to hurry, okay? And, and, and they say, yeah, uh, yeah why, your, why your mask over there? Why is he in there eating with those publicans and sinners? And Jesus knows what they're thinking. Now, he's over in the mix now. I mean, he's up in there with the sinners. He's he not a wallflower. He up in there, all in the middle of the sinners. Yeah, you know. And sure enough, yeah, that's right. Uh-huh, yeah, me, yeah, I'm Jesus, that's my name, yeah. 
Did I heal? Yeah, I showed it. I healed that guy. Yeah. No, he couldn't see. No, never saw a day in his life. I told the disciples it wasn't anything that his mom or daddy did. It was for the glory of God. Yeah, that, yeah. And then he knows that these guys are behind him talking about him. Now, listen, now, he's doing all of this talking to people, ministering to them. But at the same time, he knows that some folk are behind him talking about him. And what I like about this point is, no matter what he's doing for Sam, Sister Mo, he can be totally conscious of your need at the same time. Yeah, that's good. So he, he says, he says, he says, he says, whoa, 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 whoa. Wait, wait, wait. Why y'all asking questions like that? Those who were well don't need a physician. Those who were sick. Now, I read it differently. Next slide. The way, the way his answer spoke to me was, where else would you expect me to be? It makes perfect sense for me to be here. Now, for this to make sense, we have to look to the King James Version, okay? Because although the New King James says those who are well have no need of a physician, <laughs> but those who are sick, the King James says, and y'all can read it, they that are whole have no need of the physician. But they... Who are sick. See, 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 the, the new King James says a physician. So there could be any doctor. But the King James says the physician. So Jesus said, what more perfect place for me to be than around sick people since I'm the doctor? What, do you expect me to be around people who don't need me? No, the perfect place for me to be is around people who need me and need me bad. Jesus not wanting to be around sinners is like a doctor who refuses to work in the hospital. made perfect sense for the physician to be in that house people who needed him see he was simply making a house call yeah. <laughs> made sense right they're sick right they're sick he's the physician Perfect spot. He was like, I, I, can, I can work on all of these patients at one time. Wow. Y'all got to get this now. Now, the Pharisees were sick too. Yeah. They just didn't know it. They just thought they were well. Really, really what they were was the sick calling the sick sick. <laughs> what did you say? That ain't no lie. That's what they were. They were the sick 
calling the sick sick. I have a cold, you have a cold, and I'm talking about you because you have a cold. Seemed kind of crazy. Their problem wasn't with the sickness, though, you see. Their problem was with the sick. See, Portia, when you minister to people about their sickness, what they hear is you saying you're sick. And they say, you can't judge me. But you're not judging them. You're just trying to let them know, baby, you're sick. <laughs> because the first step to getting well, Pat, is the first no. <laughs> Something's wrong. But some people say, I'm so happy being sick. They don't want you to say anything. Anyway, that's got to move past that. So, uh. The problem wasn't with the sickness, and that's what it should have been. They should have been upset about the sickness, not about the sick. The Pharisees hated the sick and had no compassion for their sickness. And don't think that Pharisees don't still exist today. The moment somebody falls, they attack them. And they say, I thought you were this. I thought you were that. You're supposed to be a preacher. You're supposed to be a deacon. But see, that's attacking the sick. What they should be praying is for deliverance from the sickness. That's why only those who are spiritual can minister to the sick. Because <laughs> ye which are spiritual... You're supposed to restore them with the spirit of meekness, considering yourself, you know, remembering that you was once sick. Can't look down on you. Because <laughs> I was sick one time myself. Oh, I feel like preaching this, but I got to teach it. He came, he came to make himself available to the sick so that the sick could be healed of their sickness. That's why Jesus came. He came so that the sick could have an alternative. Oh, me too, mother. He came so that we don't have to stay sick. Jesus uses this moment like he always does. He's such a master of moments. I pray, I pray for that ability to be able to take moments and capitalize on it. Instead of being mad, he used it as a moment to further explain his mission. He said, see, I didn't come to call the righteous, but sinners to repentance. I got to be in the room with them. They're the ones I'm after. I came for them. What sense would it make for me to be sitting up in the synagogue? It's obvious that they're not coming here. So I've got to go to where they are in order to get them. 
So if it means sitting in that house and being ridiculed by y'all, so be it. Because I know my calling. All of my elders here who feel the mantle of pastorship, hear me well. There will be times when someone in the congregation will fall and it'll be public. And God will say to you, restore, mentor, rebuild. And the people will say, get rid of them. You got to be strong enough to follow what God said and cut off. Because if you fail, I would be one of the first ones to ignore all them jokers and come get you. Because I don't care about image. I care about you. See, Jesus was so, he made himself of no reputation. So he didn't care what they said about him eating with sinners. He knew the only way they're going to get saved is if I'm here. It's the only way they're going to ever be delivered is if I'm in their midst. I can remember riding in my car with a pistol on the seat, thinking about killing myself. He showed up in my car. Not at the church. Peter waited on me to get to church. I'd have been gone. Oh, mother, somebody was praying. Right in my car, I gave my life to Jesus. And went to church and solidified it and never turned back. He'll come to wherever you are. Right in that car, Elder Johnson. You and your friends smoking together. Riding together. In the car, he said, Joe, follow me. Wasn't like he didn't know who you were. He, like, wasn't like he didn't know what you were doing. You were in the midst of doing it when he called you. I like that about him. What I like most about Jesus, I'm closing. And the most about this story is that Jesus didn't let the Levi he saw Keep him from seeing Matthew. <laughs> See, you, what you're doing is you're letting your Levi keep you from seeing your Matthew. Your Matthew is your potential. If you could just get over Levi. You know what I'm saying? You've been Levi for a long time. But when he calls you, he's going to change your name. So whatever your name was before, that won't be the name you answer to anymore. You got to let Levi go because there's a Matthew in there. 
You hear what I'm telling you? Now, what does Matthew mean? I'll let you read it. <laughs> you see, Levi was a gift of God, and he didn't even know it. <laughs> he didn't even know it. He had no idea. But because he followed Jesus, what happened? He got to see who he is. And now everybody else will say, yeah, I know Levi. And, and the, the disciples will be like, who? Somebody named Levi walking with us? That guy right over there. And, oh, you mean Matthew. <laughs> and after a while, Warner, your friends will start calling you by your new name. I like that. Don't you like that, Clay? But here's the thing that blesses me the most. This is, this is where I'm closing, I promise you. And what blesses me even more is that he never stops seeing beyond. He see, see, it's one thing to see beyond the initial sickness. But it's another thing to keep seeing beyond the stuff that's still lingering. And he, he still is looking beyond your imperfections, your attitudes, your mess-ups, your mistakes. He's still looking beyond that and saying, but you're still a gift of God. See, like even after we get saved, right, what happens for a lot of us is if we don't do quite right, we start punishing ourselves, Nelson, and thinking, maybe I'm not who I thought I was. Maybe I'm not really Matthew. Maybe I'm really Levi. And Jesus has got this real sweet way of saying, nah, you're still Matthew. You just had a Levi moment. <laughs> And if I can get past it, I need you to get past it. Tasha Cobbs did something for me last night. He freed me. Tasha Cobbs shared about how she would get out on stage. Anybody saw Bean Tasha Cobbs last night? You didn't. You got you to look it up. She said she would be on stage and minister to thousands of people. People would get delivered. They would be set free. Be at the altar weeping to God. And she said she would go to her hotel room and cry herself to sleep. Because she was fighting depression. And, the, and, and what made her hide it is because she knew the Pharisees would say, how are you, you going to be a worship leader? And you depressed. Get over it. Rebuke that spirit. But see, it wasn't that easy for her. Something she had to fight every day of her life. So she hid it. And she, she said on live TV, she said on TV, I wouldn't got help. 
so I could keep doing what God called me to do and, and have my life. And that blessed me because I said, you know what, God? Even though she had depression, every time that girl got the mic, break every chain. And people would be going, ah! The anointing was still on her. See, it's in your weakness that his strength is made perfect. See, that's why Paul says, so I'll glory in my infirmity. See, we all see our infirmity as a bad thing. And we see it as something to hide. But Paul said, no, I'll glory in it. I'm able to do all I did for God with a thorn in my flesh. That's what Paul was really saying to us. I got this thorn in my flesh. I can't seem to get rid of it. But look at all the churches God blessed me to plant. Look at all the sons in the ministry I raised up. And while we beating ourselves up, because everything with us is not perfect to the Pharisees, we're seeing ourselves as Levi. When our name is Matthew. Charlotte, he never quits looking at you. And he never quits seeing the Charlotte he called. Ever. Because what we tend to do, we look right on that surface. But today, the Spirit of the Lord is saying to you, I need you to look deeper. And I need you to be okay with who I called you. I need you to reconcile in your mind that you are no longer who you used to be and that you are who I called you. Because as a pastor with battles of my own, things that I've warred with for years, I was so ashamed that I had to fight against stuff that some people don't have to fight against. Had a fight yesterday. Almost, almost got whooped. But I pulled myself together by the power of God. And, and today, I'm in here with this mic in my hand. And some people would say, well, you don't qualify to hold that mic because your life ain't completely all together perfect and all your, your I's ain't dotted and your T's ain't crossed. My answer would be, well, then who can have the mic? Because it ain't going to be no human. I guess Jesus got to come preach. So if you're in the room today and you're saying, man, Pastor, see, I've done too much. I made too many mistakes. And, and there's no way that, that he could be calling me. And there's no way that he could want me. And there's no way that he could be reaching out for me because I've done way too many things. I've made too many mistakes. I'm not like y'all church people. I'm not perfect like y'all. I'm not together like y'all. I'm not holy like y'all. The reality is that every last one of us sat where you sit, felt the way you feel. We've had many of the same experiences, made many of the same mistakes, but yet him knowing everything he knew about us, 
He said, follow me. And that's what he's saying about you today. It's not that he doesn't know who you are. He knows exactly who you are. And he's seen you. And he says, I want you. I want you to be mine. I want you to come and follow me. And today is the opportunity for you to answer his call. It doesn't matter how young you are, how old you are. Don't think you're too young. He wants you. He says, come and follow me. Come and follow me. Even if you used to follow me, but you kind of fell away. You've been still coming to church, but your heart's far from me. See, you really hadn't been attached to me in the heart area. He says, I want you to reattach right now. And if that's you, get up out of your seat and come and stand with me right now. Don't hesitate. Don't think about anybody else. Because you know what? Some of us had to do this more than once. I'm one of them. I had to do it more than once in order to get in here and stay in here. But that second time I came, I tell you, God did something in my heart and transformed my life. Come on, that can happen for you right now. Don't sit and don't think about it too long. Come on, one's coming right now. Another needs to come. Another needs to come because sometimes it happens. Sometimes it happens. Sometimes we mess up. Sometimes we get out of pocket. Sometimes it happens. It's happened to the best of Thank you for joining us for the word today. We pray that it has been a blessing to your life. We invite you to join us in worship on Sunday mornings at 10 a.m. We are located at 841 Crossgate Road in Port Wentworth, Georgia. 31407. We hope to see you soon.